Welcome, guys. Jayhawk Radio, episode 57. Appreciate you guys stopping by. We got a few topics that we want to touch base on today. One is definitely going to be uh, doing a deep dive into to some historical uh, black filmmakers. Uh, you know, it's Black History Month still. So we want to jump into some of our inspirations as far as directors, actors, yes. uh, producers, and just black films in general. Um, and yeah, it's going to be a really interesting topic today. But Beaky, what's up, buddy? How you doing, man? Appreciate you stopping by on the Twitch side of things. Um, anybody who's listening to the audio version of this podcast, you can watch the show live on Twitch and YouTube. The link will be in the show notes. You guys can interact with the show, be a part of the conversation, and sometimes sway the conversation. Um, you can help uh, Los push things off track, as he always does, which he is the man for. Um, I am KJ. I just have a lot of knowledge, you know. <laughs> it's mostly useless, but a lot of knowledge. A lot of knowledge is always useful, even if you consider it useless. I'm your fearless leader, uh, K to the J. KJ for uh, many people, um, sexy black man for some. And I am joined by um, thou who shall be named, my boy Los. How's it going, man? How you been? It's going. It's going good. What you been up to I'll, the past my, few days, uh, man? What's new? My in-laws. I'm sorry. No, I was just saying. What you been up to? What's new? Uh, I well, my girlfriend's birthday was yesterday, so nice. Happy birthday to the missus. Everybody in chat and everybody in the comments, leave leave happy birthdays for Losa's girlfriend, please. Much appreciated. Yes, happy birthday to Kira. Um, my lovely girlfriend. Uh, we she wanted to kind of celebrate a day early. So she wanted to go to that All-American Mall, the one that is by the where the Giants play, the stadium. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've always wanted Yo, to go there. Never is, went there. Yo, that place is huge. Really? Huge. Never they went there two, before. They have two mini golf courses. They have an indoor water park. They have... Wow. Um, What else do they have? They have, like, all these attractions there. They have an, a supermarket opening up. Wait, wait, wait. Starbucks is, is about wait. to make it there. <clears throat> There's a supermarket and a mall? In a mall. <laughs> That's There's crazy. There's a Toys R Us there. There's a Toys R Us? There's, There's still a, a Toys, Toys R Us open? Are you kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Oh, I need to go there. I need to go there just, just because of the Toys R Us. The Toys R Us kind of reminds you of like a fancy Five Below. Ah, uh, um, okay, okay. It, it's not that great. But at the same time, it's Toys R Us, you know. Yeah. That's um, awesome, dude. So yeah, so the Toys R Us there, uh, there's like all this stuff over there. Like, oh, there's an ice skating ring inside the mall. Wow, I'm actually surprised. Like a mall of that magnitude is still around, considering how so many malls have closed ever since COVID hit. You know, people just well, I think I think it started happening before COVID hit. Malls just started closing all over the place. Yeah, because of so. online shopping. But what, what this mall is, it's kind of like a hybrid. It's a mall slash entertainment center. Understand? So True. you can bring a date to go ice skating and then go to dinner. You know, there's a bar over there. You can do mini golf, go to dinner, go shopping, this, that, and everything. It's a way, 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 way um, different. I'm going to have to check this out. What is, what is this mall called again? I think it's called the All-American Mall. I'm gonna have to go there. I've, I've never been there. Uh, Beaky uh, in chat said, "Did you take pictures?" I'm guessing only of the a mall? couple because uh, we plan to go back in two or three weeks. We're gonna go. We're gonna go do the Angry Birds mini golf. What? You know what we should do? We should double date. So me and my girl, you and your girl, we should go. Bro, I'm down. Let's do it. 
I'm let's down. do it like because i i've never gone before and you said mini golf i love mini golf i'm in there have you been playing watching or listening to anything los what's your pwl for this week man or um, i guess if you want i can go first since you just yeah go ahead go first um listening to i haven't been listening to much of anything and i what is up well actually no i'm lying i'm listening to things but i'm listening to a lot of random things i'm checking out different soundtracks I'm checking out a lot of indie artists that I haven't like heard heard of before. Um, right now, I'm listening to Brian Altano. He's a uh, writer for the IGN um, uh, company. They do news coverage on games and media, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I'm just I'm just checking out just so many different artists, man. Definitely check out Brian Altano. Um, he does a lot of uh, his music doesn't have lyrics. It's just different sounds, different melodies, different moods. And things like that um if you're into that kind of thing so as far as like anything in particular i'm just i don't have any set thing that i'm listening to music is just not hitting me like it used to i don't know why it's, yeah. it's just not hitting me are you are you are you kind of in that in that same boat right now or um uh, well music i'm kind of digging through house music um, okay my thing is um i don't like reggaeton at all uh, i kind of think it's very um how can I explain this? Stereotypical. I, I just don't. I don't like it. You know, <laughs> I don't like it. I just kind of feel like a lot of like reggaeton in the beginning. Um, I may not have liked it, but at the very least, like you could understand what they're saying. And now yeah. I kind of feel like everyone's mumbling and being all gruffy into the mic for no reason. They're like, I'm like, yo, I don't want to hear my drunk uncle, bro. I'm okay. Oh you know? man. Um, so I'm not really liking it. Um, but. I'll I'll download music and I learn how to DJ it for a party, but since I don't have to DJ it right now, I'm not downloading it. I'm just looking through house music because okay. um, I like I told you I'm gonna do an online DJ show and I think I'm gonna call it Rust Off. Rust Off? Why? Show. To get the rust off these hands, man. It's been a while since. Oh I my goodness gracious, that was wow. That that was that was, that was a nice dad joke. Definitely appreciate that. Nice dad joke. Because no, you know what it is? It's one of those things where. Uh, like I even want to do a logo of a can and everything like a WD 40, um, <laughs> for the icon for it, just because I just kind of think it's, it's very funny, yeah. you know, but like people are like rust off. All right, whatever, <laughs> you know, what I'm watching right now is this movie called antlers. Um, it's actually on HBO max right now. Have you heard of that one Lewis? Actually, Kira and I were going to watch it last night, but then we were both way too tired. I saw the trailer. It's, um, it's the, it's a the Toro movie. Right? Yeah. Scary as shit. And I'm like, fuck, I don't want to shit my pants, bro. Me me and my girl recently watched I, I, I came across it by accident. I was on HBO Max. We were we were trying to find something to watch. And then I just saw this movie Antlers on there. I was like, Antlers? Like, what the heck is that about? I, I figured it was just some corny, stupid movie, whatever. I watched the trailer for this movie and it blew my mind. I was like, holy crap, what is this? Trailers nowadays, dude, are I feel like we're getting better trailers than some movies that we're getting now. The trailer was amazing. You know um, why though, right? Why is that? Because now there are companies that specialize just in trailers. Oh yeah, I I, I thought that was always a thing. No, wasn't that always a thing, or was it just like no? A person? Now there's actually more and more companies popping up. Currently, there are forty companies that do trailers, just wow. trailers. Interesting. And, uh, some filmmakers are linking with these companies early so these companies can ask the filmmakers to to shoot specific shots for the trailer interesting yeah wow yeah i mean uh 
Well, it is a good movie. I'm not going to give any spoilers. Um, it's fairly new, and plus you haven't seen it yet. Um, great movie. Very, very intense, very dark, very gritty, very bloody. So it is definitely not for the weak at heart. Um, it, it's a good, good little popcorn flick. It's not anything that's probably not going to wow you or anything like that, but it was a good watch. I liked it. Plus that has Felicity in it. Oh, that yes, I forgot about Felicity. Good catch. Yeah, she's. Felicity. I used to, I used, I used to watch that show actually. Don't, I never watched that show. Don't tell anybody else that, guys. Um, I never watched it. I, like as soon as I saw the trailer, I was like, I don't watch it. Um, watch it. as far as what I'm playing, I'm currently playing Sifu. Um, it's pretty much think if you were to take a Jackie Chan video game and then add some elements of like the Dark Souls games. I don't know if you heard of like any, any of the Dark Souls games and just put that into a video game. This is pretty much what you have. So you're playing, you're, you're, you're playing a guy, um, or girl. I think you could pick male or female in this game. And, um, is there a trailer for the game? Yeah. I'll actually pull that up for you right now, actually. Um, so you're, you're pretty much playing a person who's going through a revenge story. Um, Somebody in this person's life dies. Like I said, I'm not going to spoil anything for this one either. Somebody dies and you're pretty much getting revenge on a person that killed that person in your life. And you play through the game as you die and you replay the stage again, you get older. So every time you die and you come back and play again, you get older. And uh, the game ends when you turn 70. Really interesting premise. Really interesting really? premise. Yeah, really interesting. Um. I think it's on the, I know it's on the PS5. I'm not sure if it's on the PS4. Actually, yes, it is on the PS4. Um, the combat in this game is solid. Probably the best combat I think I've ever experienced in a video game to date. Uh, the, uh, the, the karate mechanics is so freaking smooth. Um, there's even a stage that reminds me of what's the, what's that movie we, we talked about in the, um, action movie tournament. Uh, the raid. And there's a oh, there's the a raid. Okay. the raid. Yeah, there's a level in this game that reminds me of raid raid redemption. You're fighting in this hallway and you're going through countless enemies. And it is I swear it feels like you're playing a karate movie. It's it's amazing. The art style is cool. Um, the story is okay. Um, it lacks in comparison to you know you know the fighting mechanics. Um. But it's just a really interesting perspective, especially for the simple fact that each time you die, you get older. And as you get older, you gain certain abilities as well as losing some abilities. Like you might get stronger, but you might be slower. Um, great game. I love it. Um, it's really hard. It's really, really difficult. So if you're up for a challenge, I would say definitely check out Sifu. I haven't beat it yet. I'm only like maybe a few hours in. But um, right now, I'm, I'm freaking loving it. It's pretty good. Uh since we were talking about Japan, did you ever finish um, the other? What the hell was it called again? The samurai movie, the samurai game that we that we were both playing. We're not going to talk about that right now, Luke. That's um, all right. I didn't finish it either. What? I'm literally up to the last battle, and I still haven't finished it yet. They're taking the last castle, and I haven't done it yet. For reference, Los has been getting on me about not finishing Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, mm -hmm. We both started around the same time. And he keeps getting on me about not finishing it. It's honestly, man, I have gaming ADD. I do. It's a problem. I need to see somebody for it. 
I'll start playing a game, a new game comes out, and then I just, I'm like, hmm, look, a shiny new thing over there. And then I'm like, I'm going to play that game where my backlog just keeps growing. It's a problem. I have an issue. I need to see someone for it, though. Yeah, that and your, uh, oh, I got to watch that movie. I'll add it to my list. <laughs> Too much content, man. Too much content. Okay, just so, the, just so the people know, you wanted to do a Batman spoiler cast. And I said, I'll do it when you catch up with some of the movies. Oh, yeah. Backlog. Cause I don't, I really don't want to see Twinkle Batman. Yeah, we listen. We need to get Los to watch the Batman. It comes out in two weeks, and I'm trying to get Los to do another Batman spoiler cast. Everybody knows I'm the biggest Batman fan around. I can't, I can't not do a Batman spoiler cast, and I don't want to do it by myself. Los, come on, man, bro. I still haven't watched the Joker because uh... I don't like. And it's not that I don't like the actor. It's just that I don't like, I don't think he's good for the role. Let's jump into our show notes here, man. Um, so let me see. Here we go. All right. So the first thing I want to jump into is Kevin Feige has said that there will be no more Avengers movies. How do you feel about that, Los? I think that's stupid. Wow. I didn't expect that from you. <laughs> I think it's absolutely stupid because here's the thing. Aven the thing about Avengers is they constantly had a changing roster. Right. Okay. And with that changing roster, you can actually have more, um, not only more um, high stakes movies, you can start the whole process over of, oh, let's work together as a team again. You know, or you have certain Avengers who work together as a team, like, um, like uh, the new Captain America, right? Yeah. And Bucky, they're to they work well together. Um, yeah. The new Hawkeye, like she could be the odd man out. Um, yeah. And you have, you can keep um, Wanda Maximoff. You can add um, Spider Man to it. You know, like there's an opportunity to make it um, first the fumbling team and then a great team to defeat somebody. I think it's a very bad idea. Then you, was... that, by also doing that, you also don't allow the young Avengers to happen. Yeah, very true. I thought we were aiming for that. I mean, at least I think that's just what the community assumed. They never came out and said, hey, we're going to be leading up. We're going to be preparing for the Young Avengers. But with everything that's happening right now, it kind of looks like they were aiming for that. You know what I mean? It's really it's, it's really weird. Um, Beacon Chat says, because if there won't be any Avenger films, then what's the point of introducing all these new Marvel characters and X-Men and Fantastic Four characters? Well, to introduce yeah. the X-Men, you now have a new team-based movie, the X-Men. To introduce the Fantastic Four, you now have another team-based movie, Fantastic Four. Um, but the way the Disney Plus shows were going, it kind of seemed like they're trying to make a new Avengers team. Maybe what he, maybe what Feige meant was there will be no new Avengers in the theaters, but there will be on television. Maybe that's what he meant. Maybe. I mean, because, yeah, you can kind of read that many different ways. I mean, I, I do kind of find it weird that there won't be another Avengers movie because, like you said, like, the point of the Avengers movie was to add some drama to the whole team, you know, have a reason for the team to form and meet each other and come together for a big situation that was happening. Like, that, like the Avengers movie was something we look forward to. You know, yeah. it's, it's, it's kind of like all the other Avengers films, all the other Marvel movies were like the appetizer, you know, uh, maybe like a little treat or, or dessert 
and the Avengers films was the meal. Like we looked forward to that. You know what I mean? And being that we don't have that ultra climatic situation where we can get all the characters together. It's like, how are these movies going to feel now? Is it just going to be, Oh, here's a random Hawkeye movie for no reason. Okay. Yeah. Is, is that leading into anything? Oh, here's a, here's a random WandaVision TV show. That's not going to lead to anything. All right, so what's happening from that? You know what I mean? It's like, we look forward to that. That was one of the reasons why at the end of, you know, the films, we were looking forward to the end credit scene because the end credit scene was a piece of the puzzle that was adding to the bigger puzzle. So it was like, since we don't have that bigger puzzle now, I mean, yeah, granted, we're going to get great stories. We're going to get great characters, but what's going to be the ultimate climax of all of this? Is it just going to be nothing? The other thing too is, um, with the Avengers, you had like, although people looked at Iron Man as a leader, he never was the leader. It was Cap. Cap was always the one calling the shots. Cap was the one always doing the strategy and everything else, you know? Um, so part of the fun of a new Avengers movie would be to see who actually becomes the leader. Will it be the Sam Wilson Captain America? Or will it be Bucky? Or will it be somebody else? Like, you don't know. And part of that is kind of the fun of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it was even kind of teased in the most recent uh, Eternals movie where um, one of the characters was like, oh, since Iron Man's gone, who's going to lead the Avengers now? Yeah. What was the point of that line if there's not going to be any more Avengers? I, I don't know. I, I feel like there's I feel like there's a loophole in there. We'll probably see them. But like you say, it'll just be like the Young Avengers. You know what I mean? Maybe, may, maybe they'll still come back. Maybe. The other thing is, too, I would like to see a non-combatant be the leader. Is that what I'm trying to say? Like, kind of like, maybe a, kinda like a happy. Professor X. No, no, maybe it's Happy being the leader of the Avengers and he's calling all the shots looking at monitors. Yeah, sure. You know, I would like to see something like that, too, because that would be different, too. Something that you don't really see in the Avengers. Yeah. You know? I or can see you that. Can, you can always turn around and just make it um, Nick Fury calling the shots. Nick Fury was kind of like the man behind the scene that was always calling the shots, but it didn't seem like he was calling the shots, but he really was. <laughs> no, Nick Fury was calling the missions, but he wasn't calling the shots. Because boots on the ground, Cap was in charge. Yeah, true. Uh, BK in chat says, in my personal opinion, I can see Peter Parker being the leader. I would you... love to see him as the leader, but I think he'll more be the mentor slash leader of Young Avengers. Because he'll be a little older than everybody else. And a lot more experienced. Hmm. Yeah. True. True. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting to see like where these next wave of films, like like what they lead to. I feel like each character is probably just going to have their own climactic story. Yeah. I I guess it's cool, but I don't know. After having ten years of all this drama going on with the characters and having Avengers being the ultimate bookend for most of these stories. We kind of got used to that. And I guess they kind of want to get away from that. They kind of want to do things differently. So I'm guessing that's why they don't want to do the Avengers films anymore. All right. So we're going to pivot a little bit with this one. Um, so this is a topic that you brought up Blos, about, uh, Facebook possibly going bankrupt. Give us some backstory on this meta as Facebook is now called, which is Facebook, Instagram, um, damn. And like a couple other companies there. 
um, what happens is a lot of their money is earned from advertising. And they would get this advertising because on your iPhone, you used to be a, um, Facebook was used to be able to spy on you to see what you were searching for, looking at and things like that and direct advertising towards you. So then that way, um, you could tell Facebook, okay, I want uh, this demographic from this area for all my advertising. And they're like, oh yeah, we know exactly who that is. And they would put their ads just to that. But when the iPhone, when Apple said, listen, things are going to be different now. Now we're going to let people know you're spying on them. And if they don't want you to spy on them, they have the option to not let you spy on them. And they lost billions of dollars over that. And now wow. Android, uh, Google recently announced that they're going to do the same thing. So where are they going to get their information from? They could literally go belly up. You're looking at the end of Meta, the beginning of the end of Meta. How much money did they lose? I think it was billions, right? Billions. And what the sad part is, right? Um, what's his name? The one who owns um, oh, Zuckerberg? Facebook? What's his name? Zuckerberg? Zuckerberg. He went from the 12th richest person to the 19th richest person losing billions. So do you think that just because this happened, Facebook losing billions because of um, this change, this privacy change, do, do you think that's enough to sway them to possibly lean to bankruptcy? Or is, uh, is it is it just like this or is it just like the beginning of the end? It's the beginning of the end because Android now is going to do the same thing. So if Android does that too, where are they getting the information from? They're not getting information from anywhere. So when you advertise, you're like, oh yeah, I want, you know, adult males 30 to 40 in my advertising. They're yeah. going to be like, um, we don't know who they are. Yeah. True, so you can do a blanket advertising for this much more money. Mm -hmm. Or we can just guess and hope that you get people coming in. Yeah, because that's that's how they make their money, man. And yeah. if 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 they're not going to be able to get that advertising, yeah, that that could be an issue for Meta, man. It, it could be a really big issue for Meta going into the future. Not only that, people on people are starting to leave Instagram in droves for TikTok because there's too much advertising on Instagram. The advertising is is is, is insane on Instagram. I will admit it's it's crazy. Like, I'll talk about something right now on the podcast. And then when I get off the podcast, go on Instagram, what I talked about pops up. I'm like, what? Yeah. It's crazy. It's like, I'm talking about it. I'm not searching it. I'm literally having a conversation with another human being and it pops up on Instagram. I'm like, yep. where is that? Where, where's the mic besides this one? <laughs> no, it's literally using your, your telephone microphone. Oh uh, yeah, true. So and even though, even though on your iPhone, when it has like the little green button that says your audio is being used. Even though that green button's not on, you can still be possibly be recorded. Yeah, you have to go into your privacy settings and shut off all this stuff, and then they can't spy on you anymore. You're going to have to tell me how to do that. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to have to send me that so uh, I can make sure I do that because I'm tired of having it. Like, it, it's, it's so weird. It's creepy having a conversation with somebody, not on the phone, face-to-face, -face, and then the same thing you talk about pops up in some kind of promotion on your Facebook or your Instagram page. It's crazy. Or your email. There was a news article released about two or three years ago 
where this reporter who doesn't own any animals, he told his wife about about Facebook spying on us, and she goes, no, that's not true. He goes, watch. Every 20 minutes, I'm going to say kitty litter. And by tonight, we're going to, when we jump online, we're going to have advertising about kitty litter. And sure enough, they had advertising about kitty litter because he mentioned it so many times. Wow. Then his wife was like, oh, my God, they're spying on us. (laughs) Yes, they are. I mean, that's why. Echo at home, guess what? They're spying on you, too. I have have an Apple, uh, what's the name at home? So they're probably spying on me from that. The Apple, um, the home pod, the home pod. Yeah. They're probably spying on. Not as bad. No. Okay. No, because Apple, Apple's huge on their privacy. Apple has fought the government about privacy. The government's like, we need you to unlock this. We're like, saw they're like, sorry, we believe in people's privacy. Yeah. Yeah. That is like the biggest thing that they tout during their, um, during their press conferences, during their commercials, everything, like every press conference Apple gets. One of the, I mean, has one of the number one things they talk about is privacy. Yeah. All right. Let's jump into our last topic before we get out of here. Cause your boys got to go soon. Um, black culture in film. Um, as you guys already know, it's black history month. We're going to jump into, um, some, some film talk about, um, black filmmakers, actors, um, and talk about their impact on film over the years. Um, I actually would like to start. Because I have an interesting fact. Go for it. Go for it. Okay, let me pull this up. Okay. The first um, independent producer of more than 44 black films directed by a black man was in, I think the first one was 1919 by a man called Oscar, forgive me because the last name is French, uh, Michaud, M-I-C-H-A-E-U-X. Okay. Um, he did 44 films and they all spread from different themes. Uh, his first film was in 1919 called the homesteader. And his last film was called the betrayal in 1948. The man was also a very well-known author. Interesting. Interesting. Good random fact right there. (laughs) Uh, and the thing about it is, I mean, it's, you know, 1919, you know, like things were not very good for anyone of color back then. Yeah, it really wasn't that. That's actually really surprising, actually. You know, I, I didn't even born in 1884. Wow. That's interesting. I, I think, I think for me, uh, the, the, the main story for me that impacted me the most when it came to, um, filmmaking and someone of color being in film um, is it kind of revolves around a genre that I love, which is horror, which is the 1968 film Night of the Living Dead, which is I think that didn't that go into um, like the, the Hall of Fame Congress? Yeah, the Library of Congress. Um, what was it in the Library of Congress for? Just like the uh, the impact of, of the film in general, yes. or okay, the impact of the film and its historical value. Okay. Yeah, we had, um, I think it was the first black, I think it was the first film where, um, a black actor was, was the lead role, I believe. Right. I think, I think that's what they were saying with this film. Um, uh, was I think it, it's, or was it? Cause I, Sidney Poitier also did a lot of films in the fifties too, but I don't know if he was lead other than in guess who's coming to dinner, which also wound up in the library of Congress. Yeah, I think, I think this one. 
Let me see. When did this movie come out? Night of the Living Dead, 1968. So yeah, may, maybe Sidney Poitier was the first one. I mean, but I, I know I did hear a lot of a lot of talk about. Um, I, I think his name was Dewan Jones. Dewan Jones was the first, supposedly the, the the first black actor to be in in a lead role. And for 1968, that was kind of a big deal. That, that was definitely a, a big deal. He was the lead role. He was um pretty much running the shots in the film and during that time that was very unheard of basically so and night and night the living dead was it was a classic man freaking classic for that time it was well, a classic. the thing is too also don't i mean these are the people who were openly black because there was a lot of people who were passing as white who had a big film career and it happened more with with women than it did with men yeah um, there were a lot of famous actors in the early part of hollywood who they would whitewash. They would say, okay, yeah, you're Mexican, but you could pass for white, so we're gonna dye your hair blonde and we're gonna say you're white. And the same thing with a, with a lot of black actors who could pass for white and they let them pass for whites for them to have a career. So, uh, and that is something that's not talked about often, um, passing. So um, it really should be stated about someone who's openly embracing who they are and, being a star and being everything else, you know, because some people got by passing because at that time, that was the only way they really could get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, there was this lady on TikTok recently mm. who just found out that her grandmother was black. She literally thought the whole time she was white because her grandmother passed as a white woman. And if you see this woman oh. who talked about it on TikTok, blonde hair, blue eyes, you'd never ever believe she has any African ancestry, but she does because her grandmother passed for white. And back then it was more common than people thought. Interesting. You know? I never back thought about it that way. It, like you and I would have to drink from the same water fountain, but Fern might be able to get away with the white people's water fountain. You know what I'm trying to say? Cause he's paler than us. Yeah, and it was just a very, very bad time in American history. Um, but one of the ways a lot of minorities, especially African Americans, did was they were able to express themselves in film. And not only was it a unique expression, a unique, unique point of view, it became super influential when it comes later on in films. In the seventies, all the black black exploitation films became things that people would watch to to add into their action films to 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 see who the cool guy was you know and try to have their actors adopt some of that attitude and movement and everything else so black films really is so important in ways that people do not realize you know um and it's something that people if people learn the history of it people will be very surprised by it Good point. Good point. Um, on, on that note, what is, what, what would you consider either some of your, um, favorite black films or directors or actors over the years? Um, Mario Van Peoples senior and junior. Interesting um, pick. <laughs> Interesting pick. Yeah. Mario, Mario Van Peoples junior. Um, I feel like he kind of fell off the wagon, you know, where yeah. his best film is New Jack City, but it was also, I believe it was his first film or first major film. And then he just kind of went downhill from there. 
Yeah. Whereas Mario Van Peoples Sr. was stayed very much in a niche market, but he dominated his niche market. Um, yeah. For me, it is more eras of films that are more important. Like I said, for me, it was all the black exploitation films, you know, where so much so that um, I think it was 10 years ago or 12 years ago, they made Black Dynamite. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And it was an imitation of the black exploitation films. Yeah. And I used to watch those films, you know, uh, and I'm going to get you sucker imitated that also. Yeah. It was so influential that Eddie Murphy did that movie about uh, one of the, one of the most famous directors um, of black exploitation films. Do you remember? No, what movie was that? Uh, hold on, give me one second. IMDb, I choose you. Yep. <laughs> our favorite tool, chat. Our, our favorite tool yeah, is. We seriously is need to get a sponsorship from. Yeah, them. we mention them in every podcast. <laughs> literally, literally every podcast we mention IMDb. Give me a second. Well, I mean, while you look that up, I mean, I, I would Dolomite definitely say. Dolomite is my name. Dolomite, Dolomite is my name? Yes. Sounds familiar. I don't I don't remember that one off the top of my head. I have to look that one up real quick. Uh, Dolomite was about, oh, God, what was his name? Rudy Ray Moore. Rudy Ray Moore was a comedian and filmmaker. Um, he was a failure in almost everything he did in his life, and then he just decided, I'm going to make movies because movies make money. Yeah. I think he saw Shaft or something, and then he was like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so then he turned around and made, like, three movies. Yeah. Dolomite. And they're terribly shot, terribly edited. What a bizarre story in them. You know? Yeah. Like, the martial arts in them is completely not believable. Awful, Yeah. <laughs> but it's one of these movies that it's so bad it's good. Yeah. And people loved his film. And so many people um has say that he's one of his influences, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, think, of, think of Shaft, you know, like the Shaft was done well though. <laughs> and, <laughs> and Dolomite was was that. Like that is a movie you need to watch to learn a little more about black filmmaking history. I think for me, uh, the, the thing that stands out to me the most is some of the black actors. Um, as a kid growing up, watching a lot of Eddie Murphy, which I've talked about Eddie Murphy a lot on this podcast, that was that was big for me. You know, as a kid growing up in the hood, um, I know a certain type of people that I'm around in the hood. They're you know they they, they carry themselves a certain type of way, um, and then seeing Eddie Murphy on a big screen. Uh, kicking ass, you know, being a cop, being somebody that saves the day, saving the world and uh, golden child, things like that. That was very inspirational to me. So to see a black man on the screen doing more besides stuff that we're known to be stereotyped for was really big for me. So for me growing up, Eddie Murphy was a major inspiration. He was the reason why I even thought about being an actor. Um, so for, for me, like seeing black actors really take things to the next level was big for me. Uh, Denzel Washington is another one. His strong, powerful performances in so many of his, um, earlier movies really grabbed me. You know, um, he, he was, he's probably one of my favorite actors of all time. Just, just because he's just an amazing actor. He, he, he believes in his craft. He took his craft serious. And a lot of times um like in in like the early days of the uh, of like filmmaking and for like when it comes to like the 80s and 90s 
some of the roles that, like you said, that black people get cast for, they're very stereotype casts. Um, and I feel like a lot of actors like Denzel kind of broke down that wall and saying, listen, I don't have to just be the black guy in a film. I can be somebody that can carry this film. You know, I can be somebody that actually can make a statement in a film. So guys like Eddie Murphy, guys like, uh, Denzel are, uh, were like an inspiration for me, you know, coming up as far as like watching black films. And for me, it was more stuff in the seventies yeah. because I got a chance to sort of see these films when they came out. Um, I got a chance to see these films on VHS and stuff like that. And as funny as Eddie Murphy was, Eddie Murphy to me was just another actor. You see what I'm trying to say? Because yeah. for me, Eddie Murphy was just this funny guy. A lot of times when an actor has like one marketable skill, it kind of um, makes it more approachable to, 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 to other, other people. And I think Eddie Murphy's humor like pushed past the racism and everything else. And for me, Eddie Murphy was just another actor you know, another comedian. Denzel, on the other hand, was this huge, powerful presence. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, but I had Sidney Poitier to look at before Denzel. Yeah. And Sidney Poitier is the exact same thing. A very powerful presence. Everything about him. Yeah. Um, he did this movie in 1990 called Sneakers. You ever heard of it? Ah, uh, I remember that movie. Um, I haven't seen it in so long, but I do remember, I, I do remember that movie. Yeah. And he played a character that was very unlike what he's mostly played. And even mm. still, he's the best part of the film. Yeah. You know, um, so for me, Sidney Portier was the actor I thought of way before I thought of anyone else. Well, what's your opinion on the state of black film? I think going in a hundred years, there'll be no more quote unquote black films. I think in a hundred years, it'll just be a film. I think the more and more things are just being integrated and less and less are you seeing a individualized movie. Is that what I'm trying to say? So do like, you think that, so do you think, let's say for example, the hype that everybody's having right now for Black Panther 2, a lot of um, black folks are getting super excited about Black Panther 2. It's something that we can be excited about. We can look forward to. Do you see that dying down? Do you see that becoming a norm to the point where there's no need to get excited about it because it's the norm now? In a hundred years. In a okay. hundred years. We're far off from that. Yeah. Because you have to understand, now we're at the point where a black man or woman can get up on stage, accept their Oscar, give a speech as an equal. While as the first woman, the first black woman to win an Oscar wasn't allowed to do it on stage. Really? I didn't know that. Yes. Um, in Gone with the Wind, the lady who played the, the um, you know, to, uh, unfortunately, this is, the, this is the, the term that they use, the, the Mammy character, the black woman who took care of Scarlett, she yeah. won an Oscar for Best Supporting Actress. She was not allowed to go on stage and accept her Oscar. Fast wow. forward 100 years, Halle Berry is accepting it on stage. That's why that was really big. That's why yes. that, that was, that was huge. That Absolutely was huge. huge. Well, well, side, side tangent on that real quick or side note. 
do you feel some kind of way that it took Halle Berry to be practically a prostitute um, and Denzel to be a crooked cop? Do you feel some kind of way that it took them to be that kind of character to win an Oscar? Compared um, to all of the powerful roles that Denzel has played over the years, and got nothing for any of those roles, but it took him to play a crooked cop. It took Halle Berry to be a prostitute. Yes and no. Um, Halle Berry, absolutely. I think that's completely unfair. But I believe with Denzel, it was just happened to be where that's who the character was. Um, I kind of feel that his performance in that could not be ignored by anyone. And I feel like that's the reason why he was noticed. Unfortunately, the role was of a crooked cop, but yeah. I feel like that is something that he was so powerful that everybody stood and took notice. Yeah. Good point. Um, but Good point. I also feel like that is a rare situation. You see what I'm trying to say? Like it was just a rare situation that a bad guy won the Oscar. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. I just kind of feel like Halle Berry. Yeah, that was unfortunate how that happened. But I think with Denzel, it was just his performance was so powerful you couldn't ignore. And just unfortunately, it was that of a bad cop. Interesting. Yeah, because I know that that was a big thing during that time. A lot of people were saying, "Oh, why?" Why did they have to play these characters to get that, you know, award, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I get it. I mean, granted they do have it. They both are amazing actors and actresses. They will definitely go down as legends. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think, I mean, to, to answer my own question, I think we are in a great state as far as black films. I think we will get to the point where it won't just be black film. I think right now, the reason why we consider it that is because we're people of color are just excited to see more representation. That's why I said a lot of people are looking forward to Black Panther 2, because even though we have Blade and other superhero movies that have black people in it, just everything that's happened over the years, as far as like the riots and, you know, things that happened, you know, with like the police beatings, et cetera, et cetera. We're excited to see somebody of color get on screen and do something kick-ass, you know what I mean? Like we're excited to be represented. So we're excited about that. We, we look forward to stuff like that. Um, and for example, uh, Jordan Peele, I love what he's doing as well um, with, you know, his weird, mysterious horror movies. Um, some people might call me crazy for thinking that he could be possibly uh, the new age Hitchcock. You might hate me for saying that. Um, I don't think anyone could be a Hitchcock. I believe he could be a Spielberg, but I don't think he could be a Hitchcock. Why and not? the reason why is at the top, the point in history where Hitchcock came. Understand? Okay. Like what made Hitchcock so great is that he, he did things no one else did at this point in film history. No, we've done it all. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> so I feel like he could be a Spielberg in the sense of like, have a hit after hit after hit after hit after hit and be influential and people look up to him and people idolize him, people imitate him. But I think he could never be a Hitchcock because of the time in history that Hitchcock was, but he could definitely be a Spielberg. I think we're in a great state with uh, black filmmakers and um, 
I'm I'm interested to see what the future looks like. I'm interested to see what my boy Jordan Peele is gonna do. Um, I'm loving a lot of his work right now. He has a new movie coming out, uh, called Nope, which is we got a teaser trailer for it. We have no idea what it's about, but I'm intrigued. I think it's about aliens. Have you seen it yet? Uh, no, no, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, okay. I do have two questions for you. Okay. Okay. Um, what do you think of John Singleton? and his films um and then i'll go on to the next director um that minute chat says yo's kj and dad <laughs> <laughs> how's it going Deadman? man how you doing buddy appreciate you stopping up, by Deadman. um john singleton i grew up on a lot of john singleton films what boys in the hood uh i think he did menace of society as well i think I believe um so. john singleton was very Man, it for me being a young kid seeing John Singleton films, he really captured uh the the urban environment in a lot of films. I I grew up in a lot of rough neighborhoods, so he was his films were very powerful. Very powerful. Um I liked him as a director. I felt like he was he was kind of like in his own lane where like those were the films that he made, that that's what he was good at and I would have liked to have seen him do more, experiment more, but that's just what he was good at. He was good at making those 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 black films about being in the urban environment, basically. Well, so my thing is he did certain things a lot of people didn't realize. Like, remember the music video for Remember the Time? Oh, uh, were, Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah. John Singleton. Really? That was yes. him? I didn't know that. There was a movie called Four Brothers. I don't know if you remember that one. I do remember that one. That was a good one. John Singleton. Uh, he also had horrible movies like Poetic Justice. You thought Poetic Justice was horrible? That's All right. Well, Tupac and um. Okay. It wasn't. It wasn't amazing. Oh God, but it was terrible. I didn't think it was terrible. I thought it was watchable. I didn't think it was terrible though. No, that movie was terrible. <laughs> This comes from the guy that, that that doesn't want to watch Batman chat. Yeah. Um he also did the the reboot of Shaft, which I thought was eh. I wasn't that crazy about it. I didn't really like it, to be honest with you. Um he also did Too Fast, Too Furious. He John Oh yeah, you're right. John Singleton did do that. I I completely forgot about that. You're right. He did do Too Fast, Too Furious. I didn't I, think, I didn't like that. I think his movies went from Again, early in his career, excellent, but I felt like as his career went on, it just kind of died out. Um, yeah, you know. I agree. I think I he agree. got burnt out, what the problem was. Probably. I mean, hands down, I mean, I would have to say out of all his movies, Boys in the Hood is probably my favorite movie from John Singleton. Um, it's just everybody knows that movie. <laughs> everybody yeah. knows that movie. Uh, it's so impactful um it's ingrained in pop culture um i don't know i yeah I, for, for me john singleton a lot of his stuff was a hit or miss for me there was a few that i like there was a few that i hated uh i, I hated too fast too furious i thought it was a horrible movie um absolutely terrible it, it was yeah it was freaking horrible um i guess that was him trying to experiment with different genres and just something no, i honestly believe it was him trying to expand his horizons yeah, that too. Because that too. You have to understand, back then he was known as 
the black director understand yeah he was and he's like i can do more and so we did too fast too furious okay yeah if that movie wasn't part of the franchise i think people would have accepted it more probably yes i would agree there there are a lot of movies like that where like people try to jump into these franchises and try to make it their own and a lot of times I'm like man if that movie didn't have that title i would look at it differently you know what i mean and Absolutely. I think Too Fast, Too Too Fast, Too Furious is one of those movies. If it was just called Car Movie, I would have looked at it differently. But because you had Too Fast, Too Furious, because you had the Fast and Furious name tag to it, it's just like you have a certain expectation. If it, it was didn't... just called Tokyo Drift, <laughs> right? about it, but it's in Miami. <laughs> no, if it was called Tokyo Drift, and they added, um, oh, what's his name again at the end, as a cameo. Oh, Vin Diesel? Vin Diesel at the end, I think it would have been perfect. Oh, well, yeah. Because it was too fast, too furious, and too much of a formula change, I think that's, that was the problem with it. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, John John Singleton would definitely go down as one of the best black directors of all time. He was very influential in his work. Um, like I say, he had some misses here and there, but he's definitely going to go down as a as a legend for sure. All right. And my last one, and a director that I don't like very much, okay. Spike Lee. Oh, I got to bow down to that guy. I love that guy. I don't. Okay, why do you not like Spike Lee? In chat, do the right let me thing. know. Do the right thing, amazing. Malcolm X, flawless. She's Gotta Have It was pretty okay. After that, I can't think of any movie of his that I enjoyed. I mean, all right, so I guess I can't. I have to step back on my statement. A lot of his early work, I loved. Um, anything late 90s and beyond, once again, just like John Singleton, a lot of it was kind of a hit or miss with me. But I did like a lot of his earlier work that he did. Uh, Do the Right Thing, once again, another classic. She's Gotta Have It, I loved it. Did you did you see the She's Gotta Have It um, Netflix show? No. It was actually I pretty good. I didn't know there was one. Yeah, apparently, yeah, there there was a She's Gotta Have a Netflix show. I've watched like one or two episodes. Haven't finished it yet, but it was interesting. It was well, okay. Maybe Jungle Fever was his last good movie. Oh, Jungle Fever was a good one, too. I forgot about that one. Jungle yeah. Fever was a good one, too. Um, But yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think I think as he got a little older, you know, just his style changed. Uh, he tried a lot of different things. Um. Because just like John Singleton, he was known as the black director. And he got to a point where he tried like action movies and like things like that. He tried to play around with different things. So and music videos, a lot of music videos, a lot of music videos. Yeah. So, I mean, Spike Lee, I like, like I said, I liked a lot of his earlier work. He would definitely be, he'll definitely go down as one of the best directors that, that we've had in my generation and your generation. So I liked him. I thought he was good. Not me. I think the, the problem with Spike Lee is he just believed his hype. And after a certain point, he he was just doing that, you know? And I just kind of, I, I didn't like it, you know? It's just, his he has certain films that stand out and will be timeless. Absolutely. Of course. But the further on I go in his career and his films and stuff, I'm not clicking with it. I'm not, I'm not, 
Because see, even in even in Do the Right Thing, where you have all these storylines happening at once, and there are certain characters that you love and certain characters that you hate, and yeah. he was making all the statements like with the rings, love, yeah, hate, yeah, <laughs> like all of that connected, all of that felt like something, and yeah. then later on, it just didn't feel like. And Malcolm X was just flawless; like you connected with every part of it. Yes, but I forgot about Malcolm it's X. Just, certain parts of it were just not there like bamboozled do you remember that movie bamboozled i don't i i don't remember that one i don't think i remember that one i have to have to yeah. look that up um it's this movie about blackface and i just couldn't i just didn't like it i just felt it was more statement than movie okay you know, as instead of letting the movie make the statement, it was more statement than movie. And that's why I just didn't like it. I realized one thing with like directors uh, when it comes to them trying to be trying to be creative and trying to express their their art. We have to a lot of times uh, just realize that they're going to experiment and we have to give them room to just put out some great some, some great art and give them room to put out some duds. Um he definitely put out a lot of duds. Um was he the one that put out ah, I just thought of that movie and I completely forgot. Um School Days. Yeah, exactly did School Days. I loved School Days. School Days was interesting like it was almost like a Broadway kind of like a like a Broadway musical. That you watched um school days was a classic i, I freaking love that movie so like i said a lot of his earlier work was was freaking amazing it, it was different it had a message you know he was he was trying to say something he got like like his films were like in your face it was like listen to what i have to say um yeah but look at when he did old boy a remake of a japanese movie um it was good you know mm -hmm. but again i there's something about it I couldn't connect with. Maybe it's just that there's a certain vibe that he projects that I can't connect with, or maybe it's just um, I prefer him as an independent filmmaker, or maybe it's just dumb luck that I haven't found any of his newer stuff since 2000 that I connect with. I Honestly, I would have to agree with you. I do prefer him as an independent filmmaker. I'd agree, because that's when a lot of his work affected me in a different way compared to when he became... I guess if you want to say mainstream, <laughs> so yeah, it, it it just hit me differently. Like like look at Kevin Smith. He's an actor where his skew his view of skewniverse with all the Jane Silent Bob stuff. I connect with a hundred percent. Yeah. But when he went to his horror movies, I was like, "What kind of weed is this motherfucker smoking?" Because this <laughs> shit is way too bizarre. Well, the one thing that I want to say before I get out of here, and it's kind of a recommendation. Um, let me see. It is on Apple TV Plus, The Tragedy of Macbeth. I haven't watched it yet. It is a uh, Denzel-led film um, by the studio A24, which is very different for that studio. That studio is usually known for doing like a lot of weird horror films. Yeah. Um, this is The Tragedy of Macbeth. Um, Obviously, it's like a Shakespearean tale that involves Denzel Washington, which is very different for him. Um, I haven't watched it yet. It looks really interesting. The cinematography and the imagery in this film is jaw-dropping. Um, 
I would just say I would recommend to check it out. See if you guys might like it. I'm going to check it out. Uh, maybe we could talk about it on on the next podcast. Um, I'm going to try to watch it this week. Is the English in this Shakespearean English or is it modern English? Uh, Shakespearean English. From what from what I heard from the trailer, and, and I even think Denzel is even speaking in the Shakespearean English too. So it's different. Very is very different for him. So well, I I believe Macbeth is supposed to be a Moor, so he's supposed to be black. Really? Yeah. If I, if memory serves correct, so mm. even go back as far as Shakespeare. You know, there was a lot more equality back then because people had more things to worry about than the stupidity of the color of your skin. Preach, let's preach. <laughs> nah, dude, like, you know what? I can understand if you don't like somebody because they're greasy and dirty. Okay, that I can comprehend. Yeah, okay? exactly. But I can't comprehend where like, oh, he's too dark or he's too light, you know? Yeah. I can understand hating somebody because they can't drive, you know? But that's on an individual person basis, not on <laughs> like, you know. Agreed, agreed. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to get ready to get out of here. Uh, I appreciate everybody who's watching the show live in chat. If you guys are listening to the audio version, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Twitch um, to watch us live. You can interact in the show. You can alter the show. Um, Everybody who's watching this live, thank you for hanging out tonight. Um, Don't forget to check us out on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash jhouse. If you guys want to support the podcast, uh, help help us keep the show going. it even goes towards just a cup of coffee to keep us energized, you know, Exactly. and, and keep moving forward. We're going to have um, an um, upcoming project for our Patreon to support. Um, we'll keep you guys no, um, on on notice for that one. Other than that, we're getting out of here. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. Peace and chicken grease. Stay safe, guys, and we will catch you guys later. Peace.